Hey, everybody, and thanks. What a beautiful worship set to enjoy. On this Memorial Day, I want to say to all of you that have served, are serving, or family members of folks that have served or are serving, thank you. I know it doesn't sound like enough, but from Americans across the country, thank you. We still live in the greatest land on the planet, and we get to do that because of your sacrifice and the freedom that you've given us. So thank you for your service. Today, I wanna jump into a time that really is really special. We are in a season that is wrapped around a pandemic everywhere you turn. Every news report, every headline, everybody starts their program. When you step inside to a conversation with others, it's all about a pandemic. And I think many of us are trying to figure out, well, how do we grow out of a pandemic? What are the things that we ought to look for and how how do we move beyond where we are to a better and a newer normal? Now, you know, when you put new normal together, those two words have become just gross, honestly. I'm so tired of hearing a new normal. But the fact is it describes where we're at and it's changing every day. There was a fella in the Old Testament that had to deal with his new normal in a pandemic, if you will, of his own doing. You know, we are a, uh, we are a people in a season where we think this is so totally unique to our generation. But almost every generation has had one or two unique instances that they would say, this is our issue. There was a fellow by the name of Naaman, and he was a captain in the army. He was a very big deal, a decorated war hero. Some would say today he would be considered a general, the kind of person that might leave the military and become a national security advisor, somebody that was a big deal. The king truly trusted and loved Naaman. Well, his new normal came about after they had successfully conquered another country and the spoils of war had become theirs. Naaman brings back with him a young lady who is now serving his wife as a slave, an indentured servant that cares for her. But during the time of this overwhelming victory, Naaman has leprosy, his version of COVID-19. Well, now in our world, COVID-19, you send people to a hospital and many of them are on ventilators and many of them come away from that and they're better. When you had leprosy in this time in life, what you were, were unclean. Literally, the world would claim you unclean. You would be moved from your family, removed from your city. He would have lost his job, his career. He would have lost everything to the point that if he were walking down the street, he would really have to holler out and say, I'm unclean. And people would literally part ways to not get anywhere near him. He had his own version of sheltered in place. Well, in 2 Kings chapter 5, here's what we read beginning in verse 1. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Now, we begin to see just like COVID-19, none of us are radically immune from this. This guy was one of the most powerful people in the land, but he couldn't keep from contracting leprosy. Listen listen up at verse two. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel and among their captives was a young girl who who had given to Naaman's wife as a maid. 
And one day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Now the quick picture of what's happening here is, here's a little girl that's been dragged away from her family, from her country, from everything she knew and loved, and forced into being a slave for Naaman's wife. Now, if I had been in that place, I might would have said, you know what, you got what you deserve, buddy. You came into my country and you killed and you pillaged and you brought me out. You probably killed my family. You deserve this. But there's something special about this little girl who knows that if he could just get to the prophet that God has sent to Israel, he could be healed. So she speaks up and she says to Naaman's wife, I think your husband should go to Israel. Well, let's just see what happens. In verse four, so Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying his gifts, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, listen to this. With this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Now, this is where we come into the story. So this little girl is very specific. There is a prophet in the land of Israel who is there on behalf of the God of Israel, the creator and sustainer of the world. Not Baal, not an idol, but a prophet who's pointing people to God. Now, what happens though is Naaman, being a guy who's got a lot of stature, not a lot of pride, goes to the king. The king writes a letter to the king of Israel, says, take all of this loot and you heal Naaman. Well, watch what happens. In verse seven, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? What is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? Really? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. The king of Israel has no idea. He, he has no power to this. And we've seen that, haven't we? No matter how much power you have in the world, you can't overcome this pandemic. We're, we're going to have to have something that's greater and more powerful. And you know, this little girl knew it. Maybe there's a lesson learned in her simplicity that she sends as instructions. Now listen, verse eight. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent his message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. So think about it. Naaman goes and goes to the king. With the king, he presents all the loot. He gives the king the letter from his king saying, heal him. And the king of Israel scared to death, but he knows this. He knows Elisha is a man of God. And he sends Naaman to go see Elisha. He gets there. He's got all the loot laid out. He's got all the horses, all the chariots. He's got his whole entourage out there. And he's ready to receive this healing. And he's expecting something magical to happen. There's got to be a silver bullet. Verse 10, but Elisha sent a message out to him with this message, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Now, this is what's interesting. Naaman didn't, didn't receive 
Elisha at the door. Elisha simply sent a child that was working in his home. The child went to the door and think about it. Naaman, with all this power, a little, a little child says, the message from God is this, go wash in the Jordan River seven times and listen to how this was received. Wait a minute. Even though the scripture says that he knew his skin would be restored and he'd be healed of leprosy, it says in verse 11 that Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Farpar better than any of the rivers in Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned away and went in a rage. But his officers, here's the voice of reason, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says something like this, simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, now I know that there's no God in all the world except in Israel. And Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. And the last words that we hear as Naaman and his entourage parts is this, go in peace. Wow. We're going to take a real break because what Naaman is about to realize is that he has a desperate need to run to the father. He doesn't need to run to the king. He doesn't need to run to the doctor. He needs to run to his heavenly father. Friend, tonight, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're watching this broadcast, the certainty is in the middle of this pandemic, we all need to run to the father. Pastor Zach, let's sing. I'll be back in a few minutes to wrap up this sermon. Carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now, I'm laying it down, I know that I need you, I run to the Father, fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, the reasons to wait, my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again. 
That was a beautiful song, Zach, and thank you, team. I'm so glad that you want to come back and hear the rest of the story about Naaman. But before I get there, I want to invite you. Tomorrow, the city of Sugar Hill is going to host a Veterans Memorial as they unveil their new Veterans Memorial Park. Don't miss this time. It'll be available online at 11 a.m. So you can just go to the city of Sugar Hill and join in. It's such a beautiful memorial. I look forward to seeing you online there tomorrow at 11. Back to Naaman though. 
Here's Captain Naaman, who's a big deal. He's kind of the right-hand guy to the king. And what he has is a great position. But with his great position, he also has a great problem. That position doesn't count for much in a pandemic. Because you see, leprosy doesn't know that he's a big deal. COVID-19 doesn't know that you might be a big deal, that your position may count for nothing. He also had popularity. People praised him. He was the guy that brought home all the victories. I mean, he was the guy that made it happen. But you know, COVID-19 and leprosy, they didn't care about how popular he was. You know what else he had? He had prestige. He kind of had that it factor. Naaman was the kind of guy when he walked in a room, everybody stood up. Everybody admired him, but his position, his popularity, and his prestige, all it did was magnify his problem. It offered no solution. It just magnified the problem. I wonder sometimes in our space if God looks at us and says, you know, I think you're just looking in all the wrong places for a resolution to the problem. Now, if you take a look at Naaman, remember, he was considered unclean. He's nothing. And for him to get back into society to receive all of that power and prestige and position, he would have to be claimed clean again by a priest. It wasn't enough that he appeared healed. Somebody would have to verify that he was healed. A priest was to examine the skin, and then that priest was the only person that could claim that person as clean. Now, I don't want you to miss this because I believe when somebody is cured of leprosy all throughout the scripture, what we find is someone that is equally cured spiritually. Having a physical ailment in all of scripture is a picture of a spiritual ailment. Naaman had everything going for him but faith. His faith was in himself. His faith was in his brute power. His faith was in his position. But what he didn't have was any faith that was built on God, his creator. Sometimes I think we look at uh, Dr. Fauci or we look at Dr. Borks or we, we look to uh, Vice President Pence and we think, okay, we're counting, counting on you to give us a picture on where we're going. We're counting on governors to be able to give us a picture of what is good and right and when do, when do we move on and become safe. But at the end of the day, none of those people offer to us what God the Father does. That song, Running to the Father, that's what it's all about. In times of crisis like this, our ears are attuned and our soul is softened that we might run to the Father in the recognition that we have the same kind of problem that Naaman had. We hold high positions, some of us, but we still hold on to big problems. Well, those problems are exactly what Naaman need to learn to handle. Remember the little girl that says to Naaman's wife, I wish your husband would go to Israel and see the man of God. What does he do? He claims his position again. I, have you ever been around somebody who said, I'm going to see the world's best doctor in whatever? You know, what's interesting is, I don't know who claims them to be the world's best doctor, but we do that all the time. It's, it, it's kind of like when Elf, when he sticks his head in the coffee shop and said, you did it, the world's greatest cup of coffee. Somewhere along the way, that's just announced, isn't it? I mean, it's not verified. Well, Naaman went from his problem to God for a solution, but he did it grudgingly. 
It was like, but I want to, I want to do business with the owner. I mean, I want to go owner to owner. I want to go business to business. I, I don't want to deal with a lowly prophet, but he shows up at the prophet's house after being convinced by his lowly servants. And they basically say, what have you got to lose? So he goes back to the house and he's got the loot and he's got all of the horses and the chariots and what a contrast to a little slave girl saying, just simply go see God. Well, Naaman shows up and then a servant is sent to him. It's not even Elisha. I mean, imagine this great man of power with all of the loot and all of the entourage and, the, and all of the falderah going on outside. And when the knock is made on the door, this little girl comes out or a little boy comes out and says, go over to the Jordan River and wash seven times. And when you do, you'll be healed. And he walks off pouting like a little boy, just like a little boy that when he's behind in a, in a, in a Board game or card game just sweeps it off the table. If I can't win, I'm out. And in his mind, it was like, I can't believe that a man of God wouldn't come meet me. I am worthy of more than that. But once again, we see what's in the heart, don't we? What's in the heart is the fact that this is his real problem. His real problem isn't leprosy. His real problem is heart. Because in his heart, he, he still is holding on to fame. He's still holding on to power. He's still holding on to position. He's still holding on to monetary value. And clearly God is trying to get his attention and sends this child to the door that says, go to the Jordan River. I've baptized, I don't know how many people in the Jordan River, but it's been a lot. And you know, the Jordan River is silty and dirty. It's never clear. It's always that mucky brown. When you walk in to baptize people, you sink about a foot deep after a little while. And he's talking about, I should go back to my country where there are beautiful rivers. Why would I ever follow a kid's advice? This, this guy didn't even come to the door and meet me. And they want me to go dunk in this nasty river seven times. So he storms away, mad like a little boy. And his servants... Getting him back to simplicity says, you've got nothing to lose. Why don't you do it? Well, the reason he didn't do it was pride. Sometimes I think the reason we're not chasing after God in the middle of a pandemic is pride. I mean, let's face it. You, before we were told to shelter in place, we had an unbelievable economy. I mean, it was rolling. We were all making money. But here's what I've learned about placing pride in all the things the world offers. Listen to what Proverbs has to say in chapter six, verse 17. God hates haughty eyes or the proud look. In Proverbs eleven two, when pride comes, then comes dishonor. In Proverbs 16, pride goes before the destruction. In Proverbs 29, a man's pride will bring him low. In short, God is not going to bless us when we're full of pride, and self. And this was the story of Naaman. He was so proud that he couldn't imagine that God would use something simple to clean him up and make him new. I think this is one of the most beautiful things about the entire story is that Naaman, after being convinced by the simpletons in his life as he would see them to get into that river, he must have gone down once or twice or three times or four, coming up each time saying, I don't see any incremental difference eventually five times, six times. I'm sure he's looking at the servant saying, I can't believe I listened to you guys. He goes down a seventh time, he comes up perfectly clean. And the picture is that his new, better normal 
is that a priest can now claim him clean. He can go back to his home. He can go back to his family. He can get into a much better life than what he had, but he gets to do that because he obeyed. Now, he did it grudgingly, but he obeyed. Inevitably, he did exactly what the man of God told him to do. Elisha said, through that servant, go into that nasty river, dip seven times, and you'll come out clean. I I wonder, friend, how much pride do we have today in the middle of our pandemic that would say, you know what, I'm going to be fine. I don't need God in the middle of this. As a matter of fact, I want to blame God for this. I don't believe God for, for a second do I believe God created and threw COVID-19 at us. But I do know he's at work in the middle of it. Just like he was at work in the middle of Naaman's life, he's in the, he's in the middle of working in our life. And the simple story that Naaman had to hear was that I've got this radical problem and I need a solution. And he thought that he needed great pomp and circumstance because of his pride when what he really needed to do was just run to his heavenly father. Today, I invite you, friend, just run to your heavenly father. Claim him as your source of victory. Be able to move past your pride. Be able to move past everything you think you can claim, but it's not working and move to the one thing that will, the promises of God that he loves you, he's always for you and that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and raise from the dead as payment for all of our sin. The ones that we have committed, the ones we are committing and the ones that have yet to be committed. And like Naaman, when we call on the name of the Lord, we become immediately new people. Naaman immediately received that healing. At the end of that time, he goes back to Elisha and he tries to give him all the loot. And Elisha, proving that he's a man of God, says, no, that's not why I did it. I did that because God asked me to. But the thing that he leaves Naaman with, I pray will stick with you today. He says, go in peace. Well, friend, the only way to go in peace is to go with Christ. I don't know what your ailment is today, but I know where the answer is found. And the answer is found in the divine, the creator and sustainer of all life, God the Father, who loved you so much, no matter what you've done or are doing, he sent his only son, Jesus, to give his life as a payment for your sin and mine. And then three days later, after his life was taken, he rose from the grave and now sits beside God the Father in heaven and invites you to let him come into your life. Let him clean you up as if you dip seven times in the Jordan River and be able to claim, I am now a child of God. Friend, listen, run to the Father and just say, Jesus, I'm calling on your name. And he will immediately, just like that leprosy went away, he will immediately save you and he'll deliver you into the hands of the Father where you'll live forever in heaven and for the rest of your days here in peace. And that's why he could say, go in peace. So my friend, as you leave today, make sure after this broadcast that you let him go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight, that you let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. And in difficult days like we're in the middle of right now, let him come along and you can hop on his back He'll carry you through the middle of it. 
He won't take you around it, but he will take you through the middle of it, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you as you hear your Savior say, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you, friend. Go in peace. Well, thank you guys so much for joining with us this morning. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed your time. Hey guys, we always wanna be praying for you all. And if there's any ways that you would love for us to be specific about that, why don't you feel free to populate the comments right now and let us know how we can be praying for you. Or if you find that you wanna be a little bit more discreet with that, that's okay. Feel free to email us at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. We love you guys so much. And don't forget, go in peace.